Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, um, I've got two of my very, very dear friends. Who are um, not creatives, but we're they, friends. They're not creatives, but they're hey, friends. I am a dancer, and I also took a ceramics and sculpture Whoa. class. Oh my god, so creative. I'm I was such wrong. a creative friend. <laughs> I was so wrong. Creative. I have um, this giant wooden sculpture that like has anatomical parts on it. It's pretty cool. We so, are. So we've met uh, through um, Jewish geography, because uh, shout out uh, Jews. Um, hi, Rebecca Pearl. Hi, Rebecca Pearl. Yes. Yeah, when we mean Jewish geography, <laughs> we love Rebecca Pearl on Mr. Nice Guy. Um, and uh, we're here to talk a little bit about, um, you know, just life and love and fear and uh, everything in between. So Rebecca Lubar and Riley Grossman, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, for having us. You're welcome. Hire us for full-time jobs, please. Yeah, actually, please hire me. I'm yeah, unemployed. Act, this is really actually just like a... Um, Networking. Yeah, this is like a plug show to like anyone who like is interested in hiring okay. these I'm going to actually rate out my resume now. Okay, great. Every oh, grad school let me in so it's once <laughs> I graduate undergrad. <laughs> I was about to say, like, you're going to graduate. So yeah, you're right. Thank you for getting the donuts. Uh, we've got um, we've got real patriotic donuts in the house. Um and a Bavarian. And a, okay. Bavarian. I actually want that one. Can I have that one? Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Did, did you want that one? Do you have a knife? Can we split it? I don't have a knife anywhere. That's okay. Um, you can have it. We can we can just rip it apart. How about that? There's cream inside, but yeah, go for it. Okay. okay. I'll let you rip it apart. All right. All right. Okay. Here, it's coming along. There you go. All right. Wow. That, oh, was, that was very a... impressive. Is it even filled? <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't know. Rip. Wow. <laughs> they look. <laughs> that's fucking cheap. Hey, pick and save in Glendale. Screw you. <laughs> We're on to you. <laughs> so, how are your mornings going so far? This is actually a huge Yelp review um, against the Glendale Pickens. <laughs> oh my god. For fucking wrong. Okay, but the Glendale Pick and Save has dog ice cream with, um, I got the flavor. Peanut butter and cheese for my dog. She loves it. That sounds fucking good. That sounds right up Coco's alley. Shout out Coco. I know she'll be. I will admit that I like tried teeny bit just because I wanted to know what it tasted like. Not for humans. Yeah, no. I wouldn't. Peanut butter and cheese. We don't we don't eat peanut butter and cheese, do we? Not Ritz crackers. Mm. But those are always like Separate. Separate. Yeah. Very separate. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> We've also got blackberries too. Mm -hmm. Um, those are see, those are good. They also have alcohol. Just kidding. That's coffee. <laughs> yeah. But it looks like it could be alcohol. Yeah. All, all of our uh, high five studio coffee mugs are currently in the sink. So. I thought this was your high five studio mug. Um, yeah, damn near should be because I mean, I mean, you make do, right? Yeah. So um, so. Did you guys just kind of like wake up and come straight here? Yes. I did, personally. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Um, I woke up, I fell back asleep. <laughs> then I came. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I actually like set an alarm this morning and like- I did too. Usually I'll set an alarm and I will wake up 
before my alarm even goes off because my room is so hot and I just like struggle to like stay asleep. But today I actually slept until my alarm and it, I got a full nice. last night of sleep. That's yeah. good. It's kind of cool. How was the concert last night? Yeah, I saw Bon Iver last night. It was great. It was very electronic. Um, Interesting. I mean, he's kind of like, um, Justin Vernon's kind of evolved his sound into like more of like a folktronic sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but like he turned a lot of like the old acoustic songs into more like electronic, like movement based ballads. And it was cool. I mean, it was, um, yeah, he was wearing a brewer's shirt, um, right. which was pretty cool. Um, and, uh, he, he, um, yeah, the light show was amazing. Uh, it was very theatrical. Um, yeah, we didn't stay for the encore sadly and they played Holocene apparently, but, um, but overall it was a great show. Um, it was really fucking crowded too. Oh, so yeah. we actually, uh, we just watched, uh, the first democratic debate at, uh, art bar the other night. Yeah. I ate a whole pizza by myself. I was very impressed. I was so hungry, dude. Yeah. I was like, um... Okay, but not to take away from your thunder, it was thick crust. It was, it was, yeah. You're right. Yeah, so it that, wasn't the largest pizza I've ever seen. No, no. <laughs> it was, so uh, it's definitely like a small, like, $9, like, thin crust Supreme They're just, pizza. they're just yeah. discrediting my, uh, eating abilities. But, um, but... Yeah, but we should have done for this. We should have made the largest pizza we could have. And then seeing how much you could eat of it. Oh this is God. a podcast, not a YouTube show. Hey, I, right. this is not a YouTube series. That's an idea, though. I mean, my, my my show can go in many directions. You know, the love and fear <laughs> of pizza. eating eating a whole pizza, man. Like that's the size of this table. Mm -hmm. Okay, that. Um, I could do that. I'm not okay. No, I couldn't. I could eat half of it, and then my lactose intolerance would kick in, and I would be like, Yeah, no, I would have to like. I'm gonna go try now. Prepare myself. I'm gonna go like. With taking like a bunch of like. Lactose I'm gonna go puke out all my organs. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Could be wrecked in that corner. Maybe we'll do a Mr. Nice Guy versus food. You know, like a man versus food. But mm. we watched the debate at our bar anyway, and um, it was so it's a really really big uh, stage. Um, so much that they had to divide it into two nights. I don't. You guys didn't see the second one. I understand. I like watched on YouTube later. Okay. I watched parts. I didn't see all of. We were too busy seeing Lizzo. You were too busy seeing Lizzo. So yes. actually, I want to talk about that apparently because there was yeah. a big, yes. um, oh, a national news headline that, that happened um, about what happened at Lizzo. But before we go into that, um, I guess I want to ask you guys how. Um, just what your takeaways were from the debate and I guess how you're feeling about, you know, the candidates moving forward and whatnot. Castro. Yeah, I really liked Julian Castro. Sure. A lot. He did very well. I didn't know much about him until that. Mm -hmm. I neither, no, yeah. And I've been like looking at some like pull analysis and stuff and he definitely did like really well and now people do know who he is yeah. more than just like, you know housing, former housing secretary under Obama, which was sure. like what he was only known for kind of before this. But yeah, now he's gotten, he's getting more like attention and it's kind of like going up in the, the tiers of the candidates just because there's so many. Yeah, that show, so like I only really, I've been very um, like uh, lackluster and actually following like the candidates and platforms and everything until this past week. And that first debate, I'd say, um, definitely, um, I, I like Elizabeth Warren a lot. I think she is very firm. She's very t 
tough on the right things. Um, she is committed to eliminating uh, all student college debt, which I'm interested in seeing how that plays out, but I... And Mitch McConnell. She's very into the elimination. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like, we should work with Republicans. We need to work with Mitch McConnell. And she was like, I'm going to eat Mitch McConnell. Yeah. So, like, the whole time. Yeah, but that's that's a powerful there you go. Yeah, that's a I powerful like that. mindset, and I I liked how firm she was on those things. Um, Beto O'Rourke got his ass kicked. Um, he kind it was of, so funny. Loved yeah, it. He just <laughs> he looked like he was struggling to like yeah. deliver a, like a like a fucking like speech at an award ceremony was, or something like that. No, I think my <laughs> just all the Spanish. The, that, that was, that was, that was cringy. The only like meme worthy thing I think that came out of that was when he was speaking in Spanish and like Elizabeth Warren, especially Cory Booker's face, which was like oh, yeah. And he Cory Booker also spoke a little Spanish too. Yeah. And then like Julian Castro was like, I am actually the only Latinx like person on the stage. I don't yeah. know why we're all speaking Spanish yeah. right now. Speaking I, on the on the topic of Spanish like people, like the candidates speaking Spanish. Um, I, I saw a poll that 42% of Americans believe that speaking Spanish was pandering. Um, like that watched the debates. And I agree, like it's, yeah, it's like trying to give like a more like um, ethnically aware and like worldly view of like who you can speak personally to. But at the end of the day, like it's about, are your policies going to actually benefit those who can speak your language? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, like, it, it is definitely meme-worthy, definitely. I think it would have been different if they could speak Spanish better, like, yeah. Beto O'Rourke just sounded like he was, like, a white dad at a Mexican restaurant saying, <laughs> hola, como estas, to, like, the waiter, like, okay, it wasn't actually, even, like... That's actually one of my favorite memes, is that one of, like... The blonde, like, white, middle-aged woman that's, like, grinning, and the caption's like, when when a white woman at a Mexican restaurant says, grassy ass. That's literally what you sounded like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, so here's, here's a question I've had that I probably should have looked at, but, so, like, they said a couple, th people said a couple things in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish well, and I speak, like, two words of Spanish, but, um... Are there, is there a way that they could get caption that people who are Spanish speakers and not English speakers could have gotten captions of the debate in um, Spanish for the rest of it? Well, the Spanish, it was being hosted, it was being sponsored by Telemundo. So okay. they did have so it was a in Spanish. Spanish. Yes, that was important. in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, which is very important. I think it was really interesting that like the fuck, the um, person who was asking the questions even bought into it and asked Beto a work, a question in Spanish. Right. And I was like, yeah. Just because he goes by Beto doesn't mean he's still not a white so maybe, man from El Paso. Maybe it was just like the product placement, like yeah. which was uh -huh. the Spanish language. And they were in Miami, which was like a That's majority Latinx like community, but still sure. was weird. Yeah. I thought it was great, but then the fact that it was only like, you know, a couple candidates and it was... Like, it would have been good had they done it with different intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because it yeah. could very easily be read wrong. Mm -hmm. um, so... But I, so, um, Cory Booker did say some things I like um, in terms of, like, domestic policies and stuff. I think that he stands for a lot of good things. Same. Um, but then, so, obviously, like, a lot of us going into this election are only really familiar with Bernie and Joe Biden. And the second, so the second uh, debate had both of them. 
and uh, it was literally the, the two grandpas in the middle of like so the stage. Got destroyed. Okay, I, I'm sorry, but like, I mean, I'm also not really sorry, but yeah, I really can't stand Joe Biden. I can't either. I, I, I think that like, I would have liked him more if he would have just left his political career, like, you know, Mm -hmm. in his tenure like with Obama mm -hmm. but he was just kind of hanging on the coattails of Obama and because literally everything he said was brought back to things he did during Obama and it's like we cannot and I think someone actually said this on the stage I don't remember who it was but they said like we should not be looking to people in the past that have changed things we need to be looking to people who are like forward who are like thinking forward instead of yeah. dwelling on like you know what they've done in the past and stuff right. and like yeah. and i love obama but if you look at his track record he really didn't do that much to yeah. be quite honest and there's a lot, lot of sectors like, of... like urban planning and yeah. you know foreign policy um I mean, and i think some pretty great people to be in his cabinet yeah, yeah. but there are a lot of people that made great you know cabinet. right but like exactly the thing is is you know, Obama is that older era of moderate, demo like moderate Democrats, yeah. and that's neoliberals. Neoliberals, which yeah. is don't get me started on neoliberalism. Right, it's like a plague to the earth. Um, it's basically democratic capitalism. Yes, it's democratic capitalism, so like, but it's yeah. like traditional capitalism that you know only benefits the very few. And Eric Stahlwall said some things I liked. He he has that platform of the um the buyback for um for assault weapons, for assault weapons. Mm -hmm. which i like a lot too yeah. and it i mean they did that on australia and it worked great in australia yeah. after like the country's only mass shooting really and they were like you can't have this happen yeah. so they had a huge buyback of um, semi-automatic weapons yeah and i think that it's proven to work yeah exactly i i, I like that idea um but i mean i'm still a huge Bernie supporter, but I also am willing to, I, I, I'm, I've been willing to sort of allocate a lot of my support to some of the other candidates too, like Warren, as I said before, but also a big one, I love Pete Buttigieg. I think he's great. I don't know enough about him to really I need to learn comment more. about Pete yeah. Buttigieg. I will say his last name's really fun to say. Yes. Yeah. Right. Not gonna lie. But he, and... I think it's awesome that... I think that a lot of I, did he ever get a question about oh yeah by the way like because he is like openly gay right and I think that was just completely accepted it was yeah. like oh, okay like whatever it was barely acknowledged during like the entire and that's like kind of how it should, should be it right. shouldn't be that big of a deal. normalization you know? it's like complete normalization I actually going on LGBTQ plus politics I thought it was really awesome that Cory Booker oh. that he brought up the epidemic that we have in this country of like black trans women especially yes. being murdered yeah. for being black trans women right and that's never really brought up you never hear that in like you know um like mainstream news ever and that's like a huge issue and trans rights is still a huge issue because people talk about trans rights in a very objective way they don't talk about it like specifically well if we want to know what we, what we mean when we talk about trans rights we it's not, we're not only talking about gendered bathrooms and what your gender says on your ID or anything like, like not only just that stuff, but the fact that, as you said, black trans women are getting murdered and for, for no reason at all, um, other than the fact that, you know, they are being expressive of their identity and 
needless to say, it's like it's disgusting. But who is actually going to like you know stand uh, very um, thorough, like stand with like thorough intention to protect you know um, the identities uh, in the scope of like um, gender discrimination, like like for these people because you know we. Like, you know, and, and the same way that, you know, we talk about police brutality with, like, you know, black unarmed teenagers or otherwise um, um, just, you know, black individuals in general um, being murdered or being arrested and sentenced very, um, very unfairly um, for no other reason than the racial disparities that exist within our legal system. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to talk about, it's like, a lot of us can identify that like these overarching things are issues, but it's the specifics that people really need to start talking about are those exact, like the names and the ages and like the, the locations of where these individuals are being mercilessly you know, removed from this planet because someone has some kind of, like, prejudice against them, you know? Yeah. Before the Trump era, I wouldn't have said that, like, a president has the capability to make that much social change. You know, like, they can put ideas out there, but that's not going to change the society and our They can say things to turn heads, but when it comes to actual policy implementation. But they can put legislation that would you know, crack down on people who are committing these crimes. And like, a big one bring is, more of a spotlight to yeah. these women who are just literally being killed because of who they right. are. Right. And a big one, for example, is adding the the gender protections to the um, discrimination laws where like those protections are added based on gender identity or the fact one of the most dismal things that's happened um, socially in the last couple of years is the transgender military ban. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that instills fear, which leads to, you know, unprovoked, unsolicited violence and hatred and overall unacceptance of trans individuals. I think just like an overarching theme, I know of people who just, you know, I'm not saying that I know a lot about LGBTQ plus politics. I've never had to really learn much about, you know, being, you know, persecuted because of my sexuality, you know, straight white woman. But I think a lot of people in the middle, especially on the right, think that, you know, LGBTQ rights at this point, especially now with, you know, gay marriage being, like, completely legal, mm-hmm. you know, nationally, that it's on, like, the smaller thing. Or that like, it's a settled gendered issue. bathrooms yeah. or your identity card. And it's not. It's still about day-to-day survival and basic right. human rights. They think it's a settled issue just because a legislation was put in that protects them in some way. But yeah, protects marriage. I right. think a good example is um, is uh, slavery. You know, how we're still, you know, the, the the long-term effects of slavery, which has now been outlawed for, the, for 150 years, is... Uh, somewhat Actually, <laughs> funny fact, it has not been outlawed. It hasn't been... It started, actually, it was completely outlawed in the 40s with the... Um, abolishment of chain gangs because that just okay, became sure. slavery. Sure, sure, sure. But but, yeah, but, I, like, but so like slavery, slavery. Slavery as it's understood, like based on like in like the Confederate states, like mm-hmm. um has been it 
you know, may have been abolished in, you know, the 1860s, but the long-term effects of it have, you know, long been, um, they've, it's been continued. It's been, you know, it's been a sort of residually um, lingering, you know, for a while it was segregation. And then with the civil rights movement, you know, that helped a lot, but it's like, there's... Now it's prisons. I mean, it always yeah. has been prisons. But now, but now, yeah. Especially just prisons. Yeah. And the criminal justice system. Exactly. And otherwise, just, you know, general distrust of, you know, a lot of the distrust of not only black people, but also just, you know, xenophobia in general of immigrants and, um, and um, just, you know, people of multicultural ethnicities. Um, a lot of that has still lingered because of how, like, of slavery. And it's like, just because slavery was abolished, as you said, doesn't mean that it's been, doesn't mean by any means that like it's been solved. It's law, it's still far from being resolved because, you know, obviously there's still a lot of institutionalized racism. Mm -hmm. um, even sunset towns, we think about that. Like, no one talks about sunset towns, but those are still like, you know, uh, that, that's something I remember like when we were driving through, um, I was driving down to Texas with some friends like two years ago. Sounds scary. Um, well, we were driving through the night. Like oh, we drove, it was an 18 hour drive. We left Milwaukee and we were going down to Austin, Texas. And I remember, I remember like, we had one of our friends in the car and he was black. And I remember like we had a conversation about like, terrifying. we need to be careful about like stopping in certain towns like for gas town, because yeah. there's sunset towns that are still like a thing in city in states like well it's probably still a thing here in Mississippi. Yeah. i mean was Mississippi. yeah <laughs> but we were driving through oklahoma and missouri and arkansas it's terrifying places yeah and terrifying places. and it's like we don't talk about that just because like we you know we just because we may have people of color that are in positions of power in our government does not mean by any means that racism has been like cured you know and to extent like rural america is being left behind on everything like, yeah access to healthcare and access like so many i think that's if i can say a thing that the conservative movement does well they like to an extent they like claim to recognize rural america but they Which don't. they don't actually do, but it makes people in rural America happy because then they're like, oh, they see us. Well, another thing. But that's also why a lot of, you know, those voters out there right. end up becoming red counties because right. they, and because a lot of the Republican politicians are speaking to, you know, people in, you know, people in the working class. People in Burlington, Wisconsin. Yeah. Shout out to Burlington, Wisconsin, by the way. That's where my family's from. But. Yeah, and also going off of that, I think another thing that has always been an issue in this country when it has to do with race and the whatever the conservative party of the day is, which is now the Republicans, but used to be the Democrats, right. um, is that is just why there is racism within this country. It started because, you know, you had a very poor white population at the beginning of this country, indentured servitude, which mm -hmm. was, you know, Scottish, Irish, Russian, German, poor whites right. who came in here. And, you know, when you look at 
records, you know, in the South especially, like there was, you know, intermarriage, there were like families that were both mm -hmm. of black slaves and indentured servants. And mm -hmm. that's the whole point that racism was started was because the people on top, this is why I always think racism is actually like such an economic issue because it was started for economic reasons. Mm -hmm. Well, the American people. racism. Yes. Okay. Which I mean is like what we mostly know. Right. And that's yeah. really all we kind of know here. Because there's also the component of like the colonialist. Which also was started for economic means. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, the whole point of starting racism was to make a divide, especially mm -hmm. after Bacon rebellion, Bacon's Rebellion, mm -hmm. um, was to make a divide that you might be poor and you're gonna be stuck here forever and we're just gonna fuck you over but at least you're not black and that's how it started because they needed a divide or else yeah they were gonna get taken out if yeah. you know poor white people and poor black people united and that's how it's always been is that it's always been that black people in this country has always made the other mm -hmm. even though yeah. like you know i come from like a great, like, great pedigree of, like, white trash, and I'm, like, proud of it to a certain extent, besides racism, but that's what we're getting to, is that the similarities between culture and issues, besides if you take racism on, which is hard because it's not a vacuum, right. that poor black people and poor white people have are so similar yeah. mm -hmm. that it's, like, and it's not even, like, on, like, poor black people. It's mostly poor white people. It's, like, why do you have to be fucking racist? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, you guys are so much more similar. You are so more, much more similar mm -hmm. to that inner-city black family than, than you, you are to that, to, like, white the master. People. Like, yeah. let's be honest here. And you always will be, but that's the whole point of racism. And I've, like, noticed that more as I've, like, gone through classes and shit. It's just so annoying. It's, like, stop being fucking racist. You're just feeding into the man. That's what... That's what they want you to do. And that's why the Republican Party or whoever the conservative party of the day has been so successful with poor white people is because mm -hmm. they have they hold you on like at least you're at least you're not at least you're white. Mm -hmm. You know, at least yeah. you lack melanin. But you might yeah. be poor and you're gonna get fucked over by us. Right. And you're never gonna make it out of the place that you're in right now, which is a place of no health care, no jobs, addiction, you know, poor housing. Yeah. But we'll make you believe that. But we'll make you believe that American we're rooting dream. for you right. to get that American dream because you don't have melanin in your skin. So, so so here's a question that I think also gets just, you know, overlooked in terms of how it, you know, correlates and intertwines. Um, so how does our like how does how do our foreign relations and like international policies like sort of influence a lot of like our domestic policies when it comes to you know what we're voting on and shit like how do they how are they like similar yeah yeah, or, like, yeah. how they like how does how do like our how does like foreign policy um i guess like yeah how, yeah how is it similar to you know the way we treat our domestic policies and how it i guess like how there's like a relationship between it well, I mean, there's always been, like, a argument about that, like, between theorists and, like, international relations is about the relationship between domestic politics and IR. So, like, traditional realists would say there isn't any, which is, I think, bullshit. So, neorealism, mm -hmm. um, which is, like, you know, a theory in IR policy that domestic politics is 
means so much when it comes to foreign policy and it affects it so much mm -hmm. which makes sense because they are definitely connected in some way i mean it's the same person running everything so obviously yeah. they're going to be connected and when you are in a supposed democracy like you know the united states mm -hmm. where you supposedly have to like appease the people mm -hmm. you're you know governing over mm -hmm. then what they want you know that's definitely going to push the government to do something you can see that like in the vietnam era where everyone was super gun ho about going to vietnam and then mm -hmm. once anti-war protest and you know ideas started becoming more prevalent in more mainstream society we pulled out in the 70s soon after that so i feel like it's they're very they have to do with a lot yeah right. yeah yeah that's for sure so um back in the topic of like candidates so i know that tulsi gabbard mm -hmm. She yeah <laughs> yeah so she has some She's canceled mid I don't I guess I don't know enough about her backstory but I don't either yeah I will admit that but I know oh yeah but I know that like you know she was she's a veteran like she served mm -hmm. um, and like she, she fought in Iraq and Iraq. Afghanistan sure mm -hmm. but mostly in Iraq it sounded like was where she was um, stationed okay yeah so I wonder if like you know. I imagine that might have a lot to do with, like, you know, having, that might have an influence on one's foreign policies, like actually oh, fighting yeah. in a war oh, and yeah. fighting for... And seeing people, like, die in yeah, a view of that, like, you knew. There's stuff. definitely benefit to having someone with, like, military experience right. in our government, but it's also... I mean, it's always been that way, though. Right, like, right. But it's also fighting for, you know, when, and this is why, like, a lot of people are very, like, you know, anti the military establishment because you're fighting for Western interest. Right. Um, you're fighting for, in a lot of ways, like, you know, it, it can be seen as like, you know, imperialism and it can be seen as like a way to, you know, uh, to continue the uh, spread of our Western, um, like, influence on foreign regions and leading to further destabilization and, and um, displacement in a lot of ways. Um, so, I, like, I don't know, I guess, like, what do you guys feel about, like, the, the military and the establishment of it? Um, like, with the democratic debate, or what, like... Just in general, like, the U.S., like, the oh. U.S. military. <laughs> what question. do you feel about the military? Well, I think, going back to debate, I think it was interesting seeing the division between people, especially with the topic of Afghanistan, of people who were like, we need to get out right now, and people are like, we can't just leave. Yeah. And so, like, my personal opinion, obviously, I've never fought a war, whatever. Obviously, because, like, your girl won't do too good at that. Come on now, let's be honest here. <laughs> um, but in my opinion, um, just, like, especially being very interested in Afghanistan is I totally get the whole, like, we shouldn't have been there in the first place. We need to leave. But you can't just We've seen how that works. We've seen how that works in Iraq. Where like, and you can't just go and fuck up a country and then be like, okay, sorry, bye, and like yeah. leave them. Especially when the Taliban is like the strongest it's been in like 16 years, and you know all those Afghan, you know, army personnel that we've trained, they have like no training. Like, um, definitely like. I know, I know they are like a little like controversial and what people think, but I think they do really good on like war reporting. This vice puts out puts out a lot of really oh, yeah. good material, yeah, 
on what's happening in Afghanistan as well as Iraq. They have a whole like series of what Iraq is saying, is this what winning looks like? And it's about mm. how fucked up, how we've we fucked Iraq up so much. And we fucked Afghanistan up so much. Um, but just, you know, I mean, you could trace it back all the way to like the Soviet era. Like mm -hmm. we gave them those weapons. But anyway, um, I really did like though how he corrected that man so quick about 9-11 where he was like, I'm the Taliban. You know, it was all kind of. And she was like, "It was all kind of." By the way, and I was like, "That's very true." It's like, why did we go to Afghanistan, right, to begin with, right. or Iraq, when most of the, you know, most of the um, hijackers were from Saudi Arabia? So, but they have oil, so why would we, you know, right. we're allies right. with them. They have something that we need. Yeah. They're not this, you know, poor developing country that we right. can just, you know, mm -hmm. fuck over easily. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't think you can just get up and leave and be like, oh, sorry about that. Right. Yeah. Like, we saw how well that worked in, like, Vietnam and, like, mm -hmm. how they're still reeling from that economically, like, oh, healthcare-wise, like, all this. Like, right. you can't just do that. Right. If We're I can so answer your question real quick, I'm, yeah. like, I know very little about international relations stuff. I, like, from a moral standpoint, I'm very anti-war, anti-colonialism, yeah. anti-like, yeah. like, why are we invading another country? Right, it's yeah. Solely just in theory, takeover. yeah. And then, like, what benefit does that give to other people? We were talking about, like, non-military organizations last night about, like, Peace Corps. Um, oh, we were talking about, we were talking about the Peace Corps. Corps. Um, started on the Peace and just, Corps. like, <laughs> about white saviorism in general. And a lot of, I feel like a lot of military action is very similar to white savior, like, yeah. NGO, sort of. Or at least that's what we like to make it seem like. Yeah. Especially in the Bush administration, and Laura Bush especially, was mm -hmm. always about, like, we're here to, like, help oh, these man. women of Iraq and Afghanistan, like, so they can, you know, wear mini skirts or whatever. That wasn't Laura Bush who said that. I don't remember. There was some first lady who said that. I think it was about Iran. And sure. I was like, that's not really, like, the biggest problem right. that even women in these countries face is, like, you know, let's... wearing a mini skirt. Like, that's not it. Right. And, like, we're not really, um... That's that ain't it. That's not why and we're going there. Generally, just like to cultural, right? Like we're not gonna. An American in another country is not gonna fix everything if they don't have the cultural competency, and they're not gonna fix anything ever right. because it needs to be someone from one side. Well, so when people say like, because a lot of candidates, more so on the Republican side, but they sort of ride on the idea of like, you know, the U.S. has to, you know, basically let the world know that we're not gonna be taken advantage of or we're not gonna be like we're not yeah, gonna so get let's be kill fucked everyone. with yeah. I think the world already kinda So it's like that. when people yeah, so it's like when people say like you know, when they when they're talking about foreign policy and talking about how like, you know, we're we're you know, we're gonna like make sure that like the rest of the world knows like not to fuck with us. They're basically saying that we're going to intervene into a different into a into a foreign conflict and basically, you know, add to the displacement and add to the violence and everything. Like, do you think that in general, like, like American military intervention is just like problematic? Um, for the most part, if you look at history, yes. Like, I can't. I think the last like completely justifiable war we fought, Loki, was like World War Two, <laughs> and that was. What, 70, 80 years yeah, ago? Yeah. Like, um, right. You know, Shout out to my grandpa Al. 
He fought in World War II. Oh yeah. Shout out to uh, you should have Alfred on the podcast. Oh my oh, god. You should have Alfred on. I love oh Alfred on. That'd be amazing. <laughs> he would my... talk to you at the debate. Dude, my grandpa was named Al as well. Oh my god. I don't yeah. have a... But he was Alvin. I don't oh. have a grandpa named Al. Oh. I'm sorry. Well, um, yeah, my grandpa, uh, Robert Slowey actually fought in World War II. Shout out my deceased uh, grandpa, Robert Slowey, rest in peace. Um, but yeah, I would say like, so, um, so like, you know, military intervention generally, like, I mean, it may be in the, the, it may be considered like plausible because, you know, of allies that like our, our allies are, but it's basically like about like our own like domestic interests and like maintaining that world powership, would you say? It's yeah. like that's why but we. I don't think I we need something? to do it to Can like. I say something? Yes. Well, Dr. Pinky promised me we're not gonna like dive into this. Oh, God, why do you do this? Your pinky's too small for this. Yes, yeah, continue. Yes. And, yeah. yeah, we needed to do it on Ben's pinky. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Any country occupying any space <laughs> is not beneficial to the people in that space. And mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> We're not going into that one. Um, right, and I. That was a good pinky promise. Yeah. <laughs> all I all I gotta say in that is you you definitely learn a lot more when you actually read into things. Um, do your research. <laughs> do your research. From multiple aspects, from multiple organizations, and you know news sources. Um, so do you, as of now, have a candidate you're supporting yet or not? Um, so far at the moment, still Elizabeth Warren, but I do like Julian Castro. I just need to know more about him. Sure. I need to I dive a lot more what? into Kamala Harris and her policies and her track record. Yeah, I need to as well. Yeah, I was her, sent, track, her track record's like a little I was sent some articles to read about her, so. Lie. On like trans rights and stuff. Yeah. She's a little like, okay. Sure. You need ex- she just needs to explain yeah. a yeah. little bit. But yeah. besides that, great. Same with like Cory Brooker and like, I love his like domestic and stuff. And Tulsi Gabbard too. Um, in terms of LGBT rights, which she kind of did in the debate, which was a question directly asked at her, but yeah. I, I agree. So yeah, and she looked like um, the mom from the Adams family, and I was really digging it. <laughs> oh yeah, she did. She's so but, like, pretty. She's yeah, beautiful. like but in like such a great way. I yeah. was like, yes, girl. So oh, tell me about Lizzo. About the debate? What? One more thing that just like needs to be addressed about the debate is there has not been a lot of rhetoric around like ableism and like yeah. in the intersectionality of like. There were some mentions of mental health stuff, um, but I think that's a thing that we need to all ask our candidates questions yeah. about to mm-hmm. see. Like ADA did not fix everything, fixed it really did fix a few things, um, and I mean that came about because of advocacy of disabled yeah. people, um, and so like that's a community that's being far overlooked yeah. it needs to be. I agree. A lot of those questions need to be ourselves about ableism. Oh yeah. Because like I feel Both like most mental people, and physical. Most people, including myself, have definitely said ableist sins in the past and you need to really like check that because I feel like that's definitely a group in our society that is way overlooked mm-hmm. and like you know, community. two black that's like twenty percent. Yeah, that's like twenty percent of like America. It affects least. and it affects like, a lot of us, even like when we're talking about mental health and stuff like that, like it affects way more of a scale than we think about. Yeah. Like so I, I agree. Thanks. Thank you for pointing that out. So, uh, for the sake of time, um, tell me about like Lizzo. So my understanding is, 
a security guard attacked a member of her team. Yes, multi-two, I believe. There was a hairstylist and then there was another stylist that was attacked and apparently there were racial, I wouldn't say slurs, but like racial like edifices that were like said. Mm -hmm. um, and so she said something about it. She posted it on Twitter and then the stylist actually came for it on their Instagram. There's some social media I believe in actually also released a video talking about it. So one it definitely problems, happened. One of the like, problems is like that there, no one has yet, as far as I know, come up with footage of the incident. And I don't know if there is I saw there were pictures of it. Right, yeah, I don't think there is any actual that's footage. one of our issues is that we just, in our country, don't trust people's own. Because it's not like, it's sort of like that whole picture it didn't happen yeah. uh, mantra, but it's, like yeah, unless there's like video footage. Like, I mean, yeah. we'll trust like there's a lot I of skeptics. We'll trust like yeah. a white cis man saying something. Call me Lizzo, I trust you. But hey, we yeah. love Lizzo. We love you. But so I also heard that it was. I also heard that the crowd was like made up of a lot of. White it was people. so white. I was. Very white. I think even as a white person, I was shook. Yeah. It was a bunch of white high schoolers, and I was like, "How do you know who Lizzo is?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she did. So Lizzo called out this incident and it made like national headlines. It got picked up by a lot of different music and news publications. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's, I think that it was a very big, I mean, not only a question like culturally that was brought to light by her, but sp also about within our own city I was about Milwaukee. to say in our city of Milan. Yeah. yeah. We need yeah. to do better. Oh, I there was someone who like said that this isn't representative. That was There's so many right? Yeah, so they've been doing interviews with people at Summerfest, of course, talking about this where Lizzo fans and they're like, We just wanna let her know that like this isn't representative of our city. I'm like Maybe that's how yeah, your view is. This is completely representative of Milan. It's representative of like this America. This is a horrible a place to be, especially black, but like any person of color. It's horrible to live here. I mean like and we're also, one of the most segregated cities in the, in the country, and we have an area code, 53206, where over half of the black men between 18 and 40 have or already have already been or will be incarcerated at least once in their life. Like, that's fucking insane. Like, no, 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 that is Milwaukee. Sorry yeah. to all the people from the suburbs yeah. who are like, this isn't our city. I'm like, this is our also, city. Also, yeah. sorry to people yeah. on the east side that live in the melting pot of the UWM Yeah, culture, like, sorry to people in, like, River West, which is literally one of the only places that actually are not completely segregated yeah. in so this whole Get city. out of the bubble, east side. Yeah. yeah, it's not like that anywhere else in this yeah. city. Yeah, also... All right. All right, ladies. Hi. Hi. We had a great uh, political discussion, didn't we? We just did. Yeah. Talk about the debates. Uh, everyone should watch the debates. You'll actually learn, like, who you're thinking about or not thinking about supporting. Um, I don't know. It's, it's good to actually see how personable somebody is on stage. But um, So, Rebecca? Yes. What keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Mm-hmm. Marginalized folks not having resources. Yes. Um, um, Riley, what keeps you up at night? I'm gonna be selfish here and um, being unemployed. Like, please, please hire me. Yeah, hire Riley. Hire Listen to the things Riley was saying. She was a very well-informed person. She studied international oh. relations. Yeah, studied international relations. Knox College. I have my Bachelor of Arts. I can. I will forward you my resume. She studied my cover Jordan. letter. Wow. Jordan in Israel, please. 
Oh my god, wow. Riley, I want to hire you. If I had something to hire you for. Thank you. Please hire me. Rebecca, what puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Melatonin. I don't take melatonin. Um, I like have been sleeping a lot recently. I don't oh, know. So You're like uh, cuddling with my dog. My depression. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. puts me to sleep. My depression. Hey, shout out Coco, the wonder dog. Um, She's evil. Actually, not shout out to her because she tried to bite me last night again. No, she just wow. growled. Did she Riley. Riley. Oh. What puts you to sleep? Melatonin. My melatonin. My depression. Oh no. Well. Um, I appreciate I appreciate you guys a lot for being willing to sit and talk about, you know, everything that's wrong with our country. Can I give a quick disclaimer? Yes. I uh, have no expertise in anything, so. Neither do I. So I, yeah, I. But it's important to still talk about these political yeah. things, even if you don't have expertise. Yeah. So if you talk about things and listen more than you talk, if you hear something that questions. we said and it wasn't right, feel free to like. Leave a comment. Leave a comment and correct us yeah. because yeah. we're always learning. But sometimes hey, we get our little facts. So yeah, so but, please. but also be courteous. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the Thank show. You. <laughs> he doesn't appreciate <laughs> it. I do too. Um, well, thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy, and remember to watch the debates and actually read up on all the yeah, candidates. The next debate is June, July 29th. The CNN debates are at the end of the month. If July, you're in Milwaukee, so. um, I'm guessing Art Bar is doing it again in River West. Yes, they have thin crust pizza. Location to be at. Yes, great yeah. place. Definitely Good drinks. Recommend. Some really cool uh, Marianne Williamson supporters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Really cool. All right, my arm's getting tired. Yeah, okay. Thank you for watching, okay. Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. <laughs>